Welcome to Ad Chatter, the podcast from adpulp.com, where we gather around the virtual water cooler and talk about ads and the ad business. Welcome, friends and colleagues, to another edition of Ad Chatter with our hosts, Dan Goldgeier in Seattle and me, David Byrne in Austin, Texas. Dan, how are you today? Doing fine, doing fine. It's the end of the year, and I don't know that things will magically get better when it becomes 2021, but, you know, there's nowhere to go but up. (laughs) I think they're bound to get better. Yeah. I I can think of a bunch of reasons why. (laughs) This is an advertising show, Dan, so we'll not get into all that. Um, What we will do, though, is look at some pretty interesting uh, developments in the advertising world at the moment. Um, starting with, let's jump right in today with the, uh, the return of the soap opera to the lifetime network in the evening slot. And this is, this is from KFC, the retail giant that sells fried chicken. Um, so what I'd like to do is play this, uh, trailer for a new show on lifetime called a recipe for seduction. And then we'll discuss. What the hell are you doing? A Lifetime original mini movie. You don't answer my proposal. And now you're not answering my call. I think I'm falling for the new chef. Jessica is falling for Harlan. The cook? Leave Jessica alone and skip town. He has a secret recipe that's going to change the world. Harlan claims to have some secret recipe. A secret recipe? (laughs) Spare me. We all have our secrets. If you marry my daughter, I promise there'll be more long weekends in your future. Mom, I have to tell you something. We have a problem. Secrets out, chicken man. I'll take care of this. You're ruining everything! Just kill him already! Who the hell are you? Harlan Sanders, the new chef. Mario Lopez is Colonel Sanders in A Recipe for Seduction. Premieres December 13th at noon, only on Lifetime. Presented by Kentucky Fried Chicken. Very interesting. It's the the prequel. Yeah. Well, I think it's a movie. Uh, I have not watched it. Uh, I think it's just a one-off movie, you know, kind of a TV movie drama. And it's just, the the trailer cracks me up. I mean, looking at Mario Lopez as a young studly Colonel Sanders is is uh is is amusing to me and i think if you just ran the trailer as a one minute spot uh on tv you'd you'd have half the battle right there so i don't know if the movie itself is any good um you know that's a relative term when it comes to lifetime drama movies but uh it's an interesting move for kfc well if you have 16 minutes and two seconds you can go to youtube and play it um because it's there five days ago uh, so you can watch the episode and see whether it's good entertainment or, in this case, <laughs> advertainment. Yeah. Uh, and whether you think the story is compelling. Why don't we um, talk about soap operas in the role of brands, however, and we'll leave the quality of the production uh, to our listeners. It does look to be a high-quality production. Mm-hmm, yep. um, but the return to the soap opera, this is classic content marketing there's that c word dan yeah um it's it's this is this is old school it's as old uh, as tv and radio itself correct 
Um, so, but it's done for 2020 and it doesn't seem old school. doesn't seem out of date. No. And you know, it, it is really dependent on, as we said, the quality of the, the script, the, the programming itself, you know, is it going to be interesting enough for people to want to watch in and of itself, regardless of the fact that KFC sponsored it, or there's a likeness of Colonel Sanders in it. If it's, you know, this is, this is a little bit of a, a Howard Gossage thing. If it's interesting, people will will watch it. So, uh, you know, and it's an opportunity for brands to kind of put their stamp on a longer form of programming and, you know, get their name out there a little bit more if they want to have a tie in, uh, whether it's loose or a lot tighter. I also love that they took this up to lifetime. Um, this is, this is not just a YouTube series that there's anything wrong with that. There's plenty right with it. Um, but this is a, a full on uh, investment in content. Right. And, you know, Lifetime is known for dramatic movies, just like the the Hallmark Channel is right now with Christmas movies. So this is, it's a natural fit and it's a very smart move. I don't know that it moves the needle for KFC, but it really doesn't have to. If it's entertaining, if it's, um, you know, evocative of the brand, it'll help. I plan to watch it. Good. <laughs> Let us know how it is. <laughs> Indeed, I will. Let's move on to uh, a one-minute commercial from Alaska Airlines. And this is a funky track that is underneath this spot. Let's give it a listen. high energy yeah it's a lot of fun it is uh those are really in alaska airlines employees doing it uh it's a it's a well-known track men without hats is safety dances for folks of a certain generation you know it's a it's it's memorable so there's a lot of built-in uh a little borrowed interest there but that helps you latch on to it and it's a subject that you know despite the fact that there is a, a vaccine on the horizon you know travel has been decimated and the airline industry has been decimated and passengers need to be reassured that there are safe ways to travel even right now. And Alaska is trying to take the lead in that. I understand that you flew Alaska to Hawaii. I did. I will confess that we kept it on the down low, but we went uh, for a few days last week and the middle seats are not being sold right now. So there's a little bit of social distancing. The planes were, you know, that, that puts the plane at about 60, 70% full, but everybody's wearing a mask. And I think it's policy at Alaska airlines that you have to wear one or you don't get to fly again. And so as long as everybody plays by the rules, it's a fairly safe way to travel. 
Well, we all want it to work. Um, I, I certainly want to fly again. Um, I haven't uh, this year, um, but I'm glad that you're doing it safely. And I actually think this commercial is really uh, a smile inducing, um, you know, dance along, sing along commercial. And I like commercials that entertain. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, in recent years, a lot of airlines, including Alaska and Delta also have done the on uh, once you get on board, the safety, um, you know, the how to put on the belt and the, and the life jacket and all that. And they've made uh, a lot of fun videos uh for people who are already on the plane this one as a commercial is a little bit different because uh you know it's out before you fly so you know giving people a smile is absolutely what the travel industry needs to do right now and also make them feel better and about flying and traveling uh that it's going to be safe to do indeed indeed uh that you're in good hands uh when you're in the air and in the airport uh, moving on, Dan, um, every year Google does their year in search ad. This year it's three minutes long, so I, I do not want to play all three minutes. We'll put this up on adpulp.com, these spots, and, and, and you can go there and uh, hear the podcast and look at these spots. What I will do is play a bit of it and then cut, and we'll discuss. The most human trait is to want to know why. And in a year that tested everyone around the world, why was searched more than ever. The spread of the coronavirus has passed a significant milestone. And while we didn't find all the answers, we kept asking. Some questions inspired joy. Others, excitement. Life in the bubble. Yes. I don't know what an improper fraction is. Teachers should make a billion dollars. We found politicians, y'all. Oh my God. Teachers should make a billion dollars. I agree with that. Or a fraction of <laughs> yeah. that. Um, so why? Why is the big search this year? And of course it is, because why are we going through this? Uh, why can't we go outside and see our friends and family? Why can't we travel? As right, right. Yep. Um, it's an so. incredible, it's an incredibly well done spot. All the Google spots usually are. Um, it's full of a lot of imagery that we saw this year. Uh, you know, and the script is, the script is wonderful. If I were to nitpick it a little bit, it's obviously focused on a certain agenda it's the, some of the questions. If you watch the whole video are probably not the most Googled questions of the year. They're selected a little bit to present a, a, a certain slant on things. So I'd be kind of curious to see what people really did search for. And I'm not sure that this was, this answers that question. They try to end it on a positive note as well. And I think, I think it's appropriate for the brand. Um, and I agree with you that they, have selectively uh, made you know made the spot as as we would probably do if we mm -hmm. were yep. making the spot, um, but good spot. So uh, take a look at that and spend three minutes going through all the why questions. Uh, moving on, we're going to address our last uh, ad chatter topic of the day, and uh, there's no creative to go along with this one. This is just a story. We're going to mention it. 
and discuss. So the North Face, uh, the outdoor brand, refused to sell uh, some of their gear uh, to a Texas oil and gas company who wanted to buy these jackets um, with with their logo on them and give them as uh, gifts to their team. And uh, once they understood that this was a oil and gas company, the North Face decided to virtue signal and deny the order. Help me understand. Well, this is a this is an arbitrary decision, and I don't know the particulars of who the North Face will and won't sell to. But you know, when companies make calls like this, this is the equivalent, somewhat, of the wedding cake baker who won't bake for the gay couple. You know, it, it doesn't matter how bad the heterosexual couple would be in real life, but oh no, just this one condition means you don't get a sale. So I, I don't quite get what the policy is here. It's probably, as I said, arbitrary. They probably would have turned around and sold it, you know, to some other kind of, They the North Face could have sold their products to a company that was unsavory in a completely different way and wouldn't have asked uh, twice about it. But what's really going on here beyond just that from the North Face is over the next several years, you are going to see an attempt to make oil and gas companies the new tobacco companies in terms of people turning their ire onto them. Uh, there is now a new group uh, called Clean Creatives. That's their Twitter handle, and I believe it's cleancreatives.org. I don't know too much about the the group, but they are trying to uh, determine which ad agencies and which PR firms are actively doing work for fossil fuel companies in an attempt to get them to stop doing that work. So essentially, you know, guilt tripping uh, PR firms and agencies. And I don't know how effective that'll be in terms of changing the agenda in this country or getting us off of fossil fuels or combating climate change, but it is an attempt to vilify a certain group of companies. And that's a fine line to walk. I want to laugh out loud, but I don't find it funny um, because we like to have gas in our car. So it drives um, and we like to have, you know, heat in our home when it's cold yep. and yeah. so on. And I wonder if these activists do. Well, yeah, I mean, we're, you know, we are not as a society at the point where we can give up fossil fuels for renewable energy completely. Um, some cities are trying it, some, some countries are attempting it, but we're not there yet. And so, you know, there's a little bit of, you know, there's a little bit of a double standard there. And as, uh, I believe the president of the oil and gas company, uh, pointed out to the CEO of the North face, the North face is dependent on fossil fuels or its customers are dependent on fossil fuels to pursue their adventures and their happy times. So, you know, it's, it's a complicated issue. Um, I know that uh, uh, our friend Dr. Deborah Morrison at the University of Oregon is working on a book about advertising and marketing in the uh, new age of climate change. She probably has a lot to say about this, but uh, I think the bottom line is that uh, you know we need as an industry to determine whether we're going to go forward with uh, these types of clients. I'm not sure that that employees or CEOs. Um, have you know 
a lot of say in, in all of this um, because people, you know, oil and gas companies have the the ability to advertise just like everybody else. But I really wish the advertising and marketing industries and PR firms would turn their attention to renewable energies. And, you know, we are the industry that told people to start drinking orange juice in the morning. You know, we invented uh, Coca-Cola's version of Santa Claus. We can change behavior if we want to. And I don't think vilifying oil and gas companies is the way to do it. Dan, that's wisdom. You're kicking it. You're kicking facts. <laughs> I uh, hope so. The this the, the man, Adam Anderson, chief executive officer of Innovex, he he wrote a letter to the to the head of uh, the chief executive of North Face, pointing out that their products are made of petroleum. What do you think fleece is made out of? Right, right. Um, so are the activists going to make North Face change their production quality? Where does this end? And the answer is it doesn't. It's just a lot of virtue signaling and various, it's, it's a level of silliness. That's why I said I'd like to laugh. Um, you nailed it. Thank you, Dan. Uh, <laughs> let's work together to move the needle and get high-speed trains, solar and wind running this nation. Yeah, we, you know, our, our industry can be a force for good without having to vilify the people who are currently making their livelihoods in a different way. And I, there's just not a lot of sexy attention in that. Amen. Thank you, Dan. And thank you, our friends and listeners. This has been another ad chatter from your friends at adpulp.com. Engineered by Dan Goldgeier in Seattle, Washington. 